and welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. As you are listening to this, we are nearing the end of the first quarter of the year. Perhaps we're also nearing the end of the first quintile, depending on if you use that system. As a reminder, the quintile system has the, it works best if you have children or are on some kind of academic schedule. And the first quintile ends at either the beginning or the end of spring break, whichever works for you. So I'm actually not in quintile two yet because my kids have a very late spring break this year, but I'm certainly starting to think about what projects and things I want to focus on in the new quintile, as well as thinking about which projects I want to move forward with and things that I want to let go of from Q1. As I've discussed, we are moving, and that is definitely going to happen in the second quintile. So hopefully I'll have some more organizing type of content to share with you all as well, since I think that does mesh nicely with planning and can be considered planning adjacent. All right, so before we get started with our review today, I am going to address one interesting listener question that made me think, and I'm hoping to get some of your input as well. Okay, it starts. Thank you so much for inspiring me in all things planning and planning adjacent. I appreciate your authenticity and genuine zest for life, even when you juggle so much. I'm a mom to a two and a half year old and three month old and married to a physician fellow who works long hours. So needless to say, a lot of the family planning stuff lands on me by default. I'm getting ready to return to work and know that getting more committed to planning will help me make some sense of the chaos and also help me protect my time and help me achieve my own personal goals outside of the families. While you and others I follow have given great tips for how and when to plan, I struggle with execution, primarily because days still feel a bit unpredictable with a tiny one. But I know I will feel better if I at least have a plan for each quarter, month, week, and day, even if it goes off the rails. I know that I am an obliger, see Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies, and so I do really, really well with outer accountability. Deadlines, people to report to, all work well for me. I was wondering if you'd be interested in helping facilitate or know of a good way to connect with other listeners in your community as sort of planning accountability partners. I used to have an accountability partner when I ran my own business and we checked in regularly and talked to each other about wins and opportunities and kept each other on track with our goals. So helpful. We even became good friends. Do you know if others in your community would want a planning accountability partner so that we each are more committed to writing plans or goals down for ourselves? Thanks so, so much for all you do to keep us inspired and keep me companies on walks with a sleeping baby. And that comes from E from Boston. I love that note. First of all, I just want to say that you should give yourself major credit because with a three-month-old, the fact that you're even thinking about goals and thinking about the future is amazing. And it's totally okay if you want to move really slowly in the next, I don't know, nine or 18 months, because having a baby and a toddler can be very, very all-consuming. And I promise it is temporary, but it just can take a lot of your headspace, even though it doesn't seem like it should. So that's what I will start with. But I love the idea that you pose about some kind of accountability group. And I would love to facilitate that someday. I don't know if I entirely have the bandwidth, but I think it would be really, really fun for us to maybe like have a WhatsApp group or something where we share our to-do list for the quintile so that we all know we're doing planning together. And then at the end of the quintile, maybe update or the end of the month, hey, this is what I got to do. This is what I don't want to do. I have discussed how I truly enjoy listening to other people's resolutions or to-do lists. 
So this might be a really fun way that we would get to share each other's and we could even make them pretty and use our beautiful paper planning products and share photos. Now, I'm sure this already exists on Instagram somewhere. I don't know where because as we've discussed in a prior episode, I cannot do Instagram in sensible moderation. And so I've cut myself off. But I wonder what the best format for this would be. I hate to say Facebook page. I mean, maybe I could start like a best laid plans only Facebook group that's like not related to like general Facebook stuff where I didn't follow anyone and we only could see each other's stuff. Or we could go somewhere weird, like have a Reddit best laid plans. Although I don't think very many people use Reddit. I'm not sure I would want to do this on Instagram because I don't think most people would want to be public. They would want to share things somewhere kind of private and secret. So I don't know. I would be super interested in what people think would be a really good venue for people to share goals and accountability and maybe even the pretty layouts that we put them on. So please send me your ideas because I would love to see them and maybe we can make something work. And in addition, if anyone thinks that E would specifically make a great accountability partner for them, please send me an email and I can email Emily with your contact and maybe you guys can get together that way. So my email, as I've said it before, is shoeboxblog at gmail.com, S-H-U-B-O-X-B-L-O-G at gmail.com. And if you want to be an accountability partner to someone with two little ones, including a three-month-old, then just send me your info and I can try to get you guys connected. All right. I just thought that was a super fun question and concept, and I am interested in any listeners' thoughts on that. And now we are going to take a quick break and get into our review segment. If your to-do list is anything like mine, it often takes on a life of its own. I'm Eric Fisher, host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast, and each week I talk with productivity experts, authors, and creatives as they share their insights on how to live life beyond the to-do list. People like Phil Rosenthal of Everybody Loves Raymond and Somebody Feed Phil about creativity, family, food, and travel, productivity expert David Allen on getting things done, and Whole30 founder Melissa Urban on setting boundaries in your personal and professional life. Find a great new episode each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from Protein Plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit jennykane.com and use code plans for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. 
Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. All right, we are back. And I have a really interesting product to review for you today. That is the Inamio Planner. And the Inamio was brought to me by a listener named Leslie, who if you want to follow her on social media, she has the handle the mommy bus on Instagram. So you can thank Leslie for bringing this to my attention. She emailed me a couple months ago to tell me about this planner that she considered a great dupe for Hobonichi. And I took a look at it and I was slightly horrified because it was so close to Hobonichi that it sort of seemed like it might not be legal. Now, please do not take anything on this podcast as legal advice. I have zero legal training and zero legal experience. Don't take any medical advice from me on this podcast either because I do have training and experience, but I'm not giving it out. Anyway, sorry, that was a (laughs) digression. So the Inamio 24 planner um, has so many elements that are in common with Homonichi, but it has some differences, which I'm going to go through. And interestingly, I had someone from my blog world contact me when I talked about this on my blog to let me know that this is actually not specifically this planner, but this has been addressed in a prior planner-centric case before. So this listener, who I have a feeling has legal experience, let me know that there is a case, and I can link to the details of that case between Erin Condren Design and the Craftsmith planners that Michaels was selling. And I have seen the Craftsmith planners, and I have thought to myself, my, they look a lot like Erin Condren planners. I don't even know if they're sold anymore, but I remember having that thought previously when I saw them, like, wow, similar format, the three box layout, et cetera. Well, Erin Condren apparently tried to take them to court on that. And it was ruled that while Erin Condren did own the copyright of various design elements, they could not copyright the format. And I think what they mean by format is like the layout of how the the things were placed on the page. And since the design elements were deemed to be different enough, Craftsmith actually won the case. And that's why I guess their stuff still exists and still looks kind of similar (laughs) to Erin Condren products to my untrained eye. So knowing that, I guess it may be true that this is also okay. I also don't know how much Hobonichi cares because there are some substantial differences between these planners. So even though you know, the layout is incredibly similar, as we'll discuss. The paper is incredibly different. They have different elements included that aren't in the Hobonichi. So I don't actually know how many people would really think that they were swappable for each other. However, if there are things you love about Hobonichi, but maybe you're not into the paper, this is one to take a very close look at. All right, so taking a step back, the name of the product is the Inamio 24 Hourly Planner 2022. Inamio is spelled I-N-A-M-I-O, and it is a 24-hour planner, and it comes in two different sizes. One of them is 8.5 by 11, which is really big. That's the size of a piece of printer paper. I accidentally ordered that size first, and that's why I have both of them in hand to review with you. When it came and I realized what a behemoth it was, I ordered the smaller one, which is 6 inches by 8.5 inches. Much, much smaller. I'm going to put this next to one of my A5 planners to compare real quick. 
Yep, very similar to A5 size. Actually, I already knew that because I tried to insert it into an Aaron, into a Hobonichi cover and it almost fit, but it didn't quite fit and it didn't close, but you get my drift. It's similar to A5 size. Okay, so what is the difference? Well, a lot of things. First of all, this has its own cover. It has kind of a hard, um, kind of rubbery, soft rubbery feeling cover. It's like a coated cardboard. It feels fairly sturdy, like it would hold up to some abuse in a bag. And it has an elastic to cover it. This is, you know, a very far cry from the beautiful, fancy kind of bespoke covers that Hobonichi often sells. But it's very practical and inoffensive looking. So I could see how some might be looking for something like this. On the front, it just has the year 2022 and the little Inamio logo. And then when you open it up, the first thing you see is your, well, first you see like the little page where they say that it's the Inamio planner. Then you get a yearly overview, which is sort of similar to the yearly overview in the Hobonichi with the whole year shown as well as 2021 and 2023. You then get a list of all the dates going from January 1st to December 31st over a two-page spread. So this is quite different than the layout that you see um, that many people use like as habit trackers in the Hobonichi where it goes, um, you know, each month in columns all the way down. This is much less spacious than that. And then similar to Hobonichi, it goes into all the month pages at a time rather than having them interspersed with the weekly pages. You get all of the months and this actually goes all the way from December of 2021 in the monthly pages all the way to January of 2023. So those bookended months are both included. And then the weekly layouts actually begin quite early. So if you were just chomping at the bit to get started on your new planner and it was only October, you could actually begin an Anamio planner. It starts on October the 25th from the 2022 edition. And so you can start quite early. The weekly layout looks almost identical. And I shared a picture on my blog, but I'll share more. Looks almost identical to the weekly layout in the Hobonichi Cousin. The only difference, other than the fact that the paper is incredibly different, as we will get to, is the fact that the upper part has the hours consolidated from midnight to seven, which is actually pretty smart because most people don't have a lot of things going on at that time. And so it gives you more kind of blank space down at the bottom. Um, and then the hours of six through 24, so 6 a.m. to midnight, are every other line on a grid. I will note, and I think this is important, that the grid that prints on this page in the smaller version, the six inch by eight and a half inch version, is actually a slightly tighter grid than the Hobonichi Cousin. And for those that use the Hobonichi Cousin or the A6, not the English A6, because the English A6 is actually a tiny bit wider squares, but the Japanese versions, it's already a very tight grid. So you had better be comfortable with either disregarding the lines and writing wherever and covering two lines with one line or writing really small. I am able to write pretty small. It doesn't bother me, but even I started to feel a little bit cramped within these grid lines. Interestingly, and I don't want to skip ahead and be a spoiler, but on the large version, the eight and a half by 11, the grid lines are so much more spacious. So it's almost as if they just took the whole page, grid lines included, and shrank it down, which probably is what they did because I bet that's easier and cheaper than like creating a whole new layout, I guess. But they're really, really wide and spacious, like more friendly to how I actually write in the large planner. But the large planner pages themselves are just really large for me. And so um, if I was going to use this planner, it would probably be the smaller one that I would be considering using. 
The next difference that, you know, is really huge between the Hobonichi and this is the paper. You all know that Hobonichi paper is special. It's Tomo River paper. Now, we'll have to do an episode maybe with some kind of paper expert because there is going to be some change to the Tomo River paper where they're going to be using a different mill. And, you know, I think they're hoping to retain a lot of the characteristics of that paper, which make it so famed and beloved. The fact that it's so thin but really doesn't bleed through. However, not everybody is a fan of that paper. I don't even entirely love that paper. I guess I kind of have a love-hate relationship with it because I love how thin the cousin book is. And I really enjoy how it feels to write on, but I don't like the show-through that you get with that paper. And I don't like the smudge factor that prevents me from being able to use my favorite gel pens and inkier types of pens. Okay, so back to the Inamio paper. It's a much thicker paper. I'm actually not sure what the poundage is. I doubt it's 80 pound because this book is a little too thin for me to think that it's 80 pound, but maybe close, maybe 70 pound. It is a cream. It is not a bright white. Sometimes it looks bright white in some of the photos that I've seen, but it's actually a cream color. I would say it's less creamy than say the Hobonichi Weeks, but equally creamy or slightly more ivory toned than the Hobonichi Cousin. And the grid lines are printed in like kind of a, gray, very fine printing. So it's not like super dark and offensive looking. And the days of the week are in a very, very muted, I'd say like light blue and then a light red for the Saturday and Sunday. And the biggest difference for me is that there's absolutely no show through. So you can draw your layout and it looks really pretty and crisp and you can turn the page and the next week is also going to look really pretty and crisp. The mild liners show up nice and bright on the paper. So it just looks really nice. And I can use my favorite gel pens, either my Pentel Energel Planet or my newest fun pen that I like, the Pilot Juice Up. I can use them without fear because this paper is really not smudge prone. And so it takes lots of pens very well. So, you know, if you are somebody who loves the layout of the cousin but doesn't need the daily pages and is looking for something with thicker paper, this is a wonderful one to look at. There's also um, Hemlock and Oak, which has a very similar layout, and I have one of theirs on order because I'm dying to see what it looks like. So that will be another one to compare as kind of a different dupe, one would say. But this one comes really, really close in the weekly layout. So as I'm flipping through, you get all of your weekly pages, and then you get... I would say about 30 pages of blank grid paper, which is really, really helpful because if you're somebody who usually likes to keep like a bullet journal tucked, you know, like a small journal tucked inside your Hobonichi, you wouldn't necessarily need one with this. It's not enough to have like a page for each day or anything like that, but you could certainly keep all of your lists together in one place for the year. So very, very functional design for somebody that wants a weekly planner. Now, I don't think I share the price, but this is a planner that is a very budget-friendly planner. I only found it on Amazon. It may be available elsewhere, but my Googling really only res- you know, revealed the Amazon shop where it's sold. And the six inch by eight and a half inch sells for $16.95 and the eight and a half by 11 for $17.95. Now, Amazon sometimes moves prices around. And I don't know if these are cheaper because perhaps it's a little bit later in the year, but that's still an amazing price point when I compare, you know, what I've spent on many, many other planners. And I'm willing to spend to get a really, really nice planner that meets my specifications. So yeah, this is a really, really interesting planner. Oh, there's also a lovely pocket in the back. So you could put, you know, some small receipts or checks. Um, And there are two ribbon bookmarks, a red one and a black one. So you could hold your place in the week and the month. And as I mentioned, an elastic, like, you know, that goes around to keep the book closed. So I don't think it would get too beat up in a bag. It's pretty light and portable in the smaller version. 
And so I think this is an excellent planner for a student or for someone just looking for a fairly minimalist design that enjoys that weekly layout. If you've never tried planning your week on a vertical layout, I really suggest at least giving it one try. I find that it is a view of my week that is so valuable that when I try anything else, I just end up going back to that because you're really able to process whether a day is too full, whether things overlap, where there is space in your week, um, et cetera. So this is a really great way to experiment with that layout or really experiment with kind of the Hobonichi-like weekly layout if you're thinking about a Hobonichi at a much higher price point, maybe for next year. So that's it. I also will just mention that the larger version has pretty much every feature that the smaller version has, but I just want people to know this thing is like a lot. It's heavy. It doesn't fit in my work bag. It's the size of my laptop. I mean, I don't know what it weighs. I've had heavier planners before, I guess. Some of the larger Archer and Olive journals are really heavy because the paper is so high quality and heavy, but I would only suggest this larger planner as one that perhaps would stay on your desk. I did have a reader say that they're using the large planner, I think the large one, specifically for time tracking. And I thought that was such a cool use of the planner um, because maybe if you just, you know, are primarily at home or close to home and you just want a record of what you do every day for a period of time, this would make a really cool way to do that because there's enough space that you could be pretty detailed in each week showing what you're doing, you know, if you're studying, looking at study hours, etc. So, I mean, this could be used as your traditional calendar planner or I could think of some other really creative uses to track your time, track your activities, etc. So that's it, the Inamio 24 Hourly Planner. Oh, and I'll say it says Japanese design, but I do think I should mention it is not made in Japan like Kobonichi, it is made in China. But ships directly from Amazon, it came to me in about 48 hours, which is pretty amazing for such a specialty product and might be one to just try out and see how you feel about it if you're interested. So send me your feedback. Let me know if you've tried an Inamio planner, whether you're interested in trying one. I do think also if, you, if you're having planner fail at this point in the year, this could be a nice one to jump onto without you know breaking your budget. And yeah, I'd be interested in anybody else's thoughts about this very similar to Hobonichi, but different planner option. And with that, we will close out the episode, but I hope you enjoy listening. Please leave a review if you haven't already. I continue to be so happy that more and more people are finding this podcast and it's so much fun. And one of the ways you can help other people find it is either to share with friends, like either just text it to someone, or if you're in some kind of group message board, you think other people would enjoy best laid plans, send it their way or to just leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. I was asked the other day what my favorite was, and I do use Podcruncher, but I'm sure there are many amazing ones out there. So that's it. I'll be back next week on more things planning and planning adjacent. Until then, enjoy the end of Quintile or Quarter One, and I will see you next Monday. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.